Welcome to the Mission Guys podcast, where we talk about anything related to leading transformation in the church. I'm Nick Jorgensen. And I'm Rick Pop, and we are missionaries at Acts 29. As always, it's our hope that we can help you as church leaders, as leadership teams, as leaders of families, and leadership practitioners to more effectively mobilize the church to achieve her mission. So we just finished uh, something we call the Institute for Apostolic Leadership, uh, the third session of it. And it's got several pastors with several parish teams in there. And we had a Q&A session that was a lot of fun. And one of the topics that came up a lot was performance reviews. And how do you do this well? What's it look like uh, to, to do this well, to cultivate performance? And so this episode, we thought, would flow right out of that because there was a lot of energy in the room and interest on this topic. So it's all about this episode is all about cultivating high performance through performance reviews. All right, so let's begin with a prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we again thank you for all of our blessings. We especially thank you for leaders in the church, in your church, in your body, Jesus, your body on earth. We just pray that these leaders continue to follow your lead. Holy Spirit, we ask that you give them confidence and courage, clarity, in unity as they do their best to achieve the mission you've put them on. I ask that you bless our time together today, bless every listener, that they continue to grow closer to you and that they continue to become even stronger leaders in your kingdom. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Nick, uh, when we were talking with our friends at the Institute, uh, it was a great topic and we had energy around it. And it just made me reflect on uh, all our experience in performance reviews. And we assume almost every listener out there looks at performance reviews and you're in one of two camps. Either you can't stand your performance review process <laughs> or you just changed it. And given time, you're not going to like that one either. So um, we know that that process, for various reasons, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit, that it just doesn't live up to what we hope to be the result of a performance review process, which is to ultimately cultivate high performance, to continually raise the level of performance of individuals and as teams. Many ills. Some of them are rating inflation, if you have any performance review process that has been around for any length of time, the, the ratings tend to get inflated. I remember in my, you know, my professional career, you know, 80% of the people were rated the top rating, outstanding or super achiever. And everyone knew not everybody was at that <laughs> highest level. But just through time, it just ratings get inflated. The process generally includes awkward discussions. You can have real good relationships on a team. But, but all of a sudden, it's time for the performance review, and you sit there, and it's like you're going to the doctor's office. Uh, it's often driven by legal concerns, documenting conversations, um, and many other, many other ills. Yeah, in the, and in the church, Rick, I mean, from that perspective, I've never seen it done well. I'm not exaggerating. I've never seen the performance review process done well. In fact, uh, we like to say, the church's HR policy is often, hey, don't sue me, which is just a terrible <laughs> yeah, HR policy. Yeah. You're not going to change culture <laughs> and all of that. And, and in fact, one of, the, one of my stories uh, in thinking about this topic, I'd been working in one uh, church organization 
uh, for a number of years. And I remember thinking to myself, every time performance review came around, I was like, oh, shoot, what are those values they're going to put on there? Oh, man, what, what, are those, what are those questions they awkwardly ask you? So I, my mind would start inventorying it about two weeks out. All the things I, I didn't know about from my week-in, week-out work that were going to show up that I had to f- figure out how to fit what I do every day into these categories yeah, yeah, artificially. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's what we do, and we make I'm it unnatural. difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah. frustrating. And, and as we say, it's not enough to be a staff, obviously. And it's, it's not even enough to be a team in leading the church. It's to be a family. So it's definitely not like a family discussion based on love, focused on celebrating the gifts and accomplishments or the effort, and then even focusing on how do we even get better, like a family would do. Whether you're talking with your siblings, it's like, hey, you know, you want what's best for that person. And so the process you described is generally designed for like the 5% of the performance issues instead of the 95 or the vast majority of the people who are strong, either good to great performers. Yeah, that's actually really important what you just said there. We're designing our performance review process based on the worst performers, like the ones that we're you know, tired of or trying to get rid of or trying to move off the team. We're not thinking about how do we cultivate great performance. We're thinking about how do we protect ourselves or, or how do we prevent this awkward problem from ever happening again. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just not human. And so, so, yeah, so we have some thoughts. I mean, again, we, we love sharing our thoughts. <laughs> Most of them we believe are spirit-led, and we recognize that sometimes it's just our thoughts. Please, but, God. Uh, but, yeah, but, but we're praying hard. We believe we have some things that the Lord has put on our hearts to share with all of you based on our second essential principle where it, that it is not enough to be a staff. And so that performance review process has to reflect that we're a family on mission, that you belong to a family on mission. It has to work, though, for your culture. Our, our recommendations, um, it has to work for your culture. Your process must reinforce and strengthen your mission values or your core values, whatever you call them. Yeah, and there can't be surprises for people. Like You walk into a performance review meeting, there should be no surprises in that meeting. If anything, you should be surprised at how encouraged you are or uh, how much your, your, your supervisor sees you. Um, but you should have this continual dialogue where your weekly meetings, the quarterly, or, or, or you know, more often, whatever your, whatever your performance review process is, everything is reflective of what you should already be knowing and experiencing week in and week out as a part of being on this team, as a part of being part of this family. And some of our recommendations might come off or, or seem radical to you, and maybe not. But we believe we have to be bold. We are in we, we leadership in an apostolic mode can't be the same old stuff that we've grown up with in the last 50 years. And so this will just continue that theme that we've had in all of our podcasts. One, one of as we kind of frame this before we give you very specific recommendations is a concept of we. It's not a leader evaluating and stamping out grades. In, uh, sitting on the other side of the desk. These are, these are we conversations. These are loving conversations, always wanting what is best for the other. Now, it happens to be the focus on this would be the subordinate, you know, the one that's being reviewed, if you want to call it a review. And so it's this we discussion. And so there's roles that the, the leader and the, and the subordinate, the supervisor, the, the uh, employee, they both have roles to make sure that it is a we. We're in this together. We want what's best. And the whole thing about serving your brother or sister in mission is the theme that has to drive it. That makes it human. It's soaked in the gospel. It's soaked in love. Uh, you have to genuinely want the good. 
and uh, the person that you're leading to get even better as a human being. It's beyond, uh, you know, yes, there's an element of there's a job to get done and there's tasks to get done, but it's way beyond that. It's, it's seeing them as having dignity before the king of the universe and knowing that God has placed you in authority over them, not to lord it over them, right? That's, as, as, as Jesus said, don't be like the, the Pharisees who make their authority felt, but yeah. to serve and to love them and to build them up so that they can become truly the best possible son or daughter of God uh, they can become. And that, so it's a privileged role. And to see the performance review meetings as a, as a unique exercise of that authority and that privileged role is just a game changer of mindset uh, because it's all about holiness. It's about all about fruitfulness and mission, both in the quote-unquote workplace and the mission you're serving in, and that carries over right into your home life. And then maybe one more biblical reference on this. Um, I didn't write down chapter and verse, but it just came to mind. You know, Scripture says, if on your way to the altar you realize you have anger or your brother holds something against you, stop and go back to your brother and resolve it, lest they bring it to you in court. Yeah. You know, so there's this yeah. whole this whole understanding that, you know, don't don't just carry on uh, your sort of merry way. Don't act like issues aren't there. Resolve them and resolve them quickly. Yeah. Resolve them now, today. Right. And don't default to the more legalistic, I'm going to get yeah. HR involved or I'm going to get, you know, something else, get a broader system. It's take it between the two of you first. Yeah. Vast majority of the times it gets resolved in that, in that one-on-one discussion. Yeah. It's like significant 90 plus percent of issues can be resolved very quickly and very easily with the the right mindset. So maybe a couple more contextual things, Nick, that um, before we give some specific recommendations is again, this whole process must be very human. Um, And so it's discussion, it's conversation. It's, it's required that there's clarity of the role. You know, this concept of role clarity, we've been talking about some recent research that's coming out around the importance of role clarity. The importance of role clarity includes understanding not only my role, but how my role fits in the entire organization or the apostolate or in the parish or in the diocese. And that role clarity, if there's role clarity on what we are trying to accomplish overall and then how my role fits into that, there's a way higher chance that I have that we call it like an uh, advocacy or a net promoter. Like I'm going to speak highly of this organization because I understand how I fit in. Mm-hmm. So role clarity is important. Role clarity of the supervisor and, and that person who's being reviewed. The other contextual thing is we're going to give you re- performance review recommendations, but is all predicated on a culture of feedback. Feedback is happening. It's natural. It's normal ongoing. So spot feedback. If, 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 if you were on the same team and you just gave a presentation right after that presentation, I'm going to say, Hey, great job. Here's what I really liked about that. Or I ask you, how do you think that went? How could it even been better? And, and if there's a, there's a risk, sometimes I've been accused of being feedback rich as, as you know. <laughs> and uh, so it's gotta be more positive than negative. It might even be six, seven, eight to one more positive, more, more encouraging to more. Here's how you can even get better. Yeah, and, in, and in this, we need to really acknowledge what works well and, and, and to be encouraging, as you said, Rick. But that doesn't mean we, get fl- we flatter. No. You know, flattery is from Satan. And so you're not, you're not trying to win the person you lead over or your, or your supervisor over by flattering them. I mean, that's, that's a terrible thing to do itself. Um, but to be really authentic and think about it. And this, this gets into you know, that natural feedback of just 
all the time. Like, how are you doing? How'd that go for you? You know, like, I know you had an event last night. How'd that event go? Or how'd that retreat go? Or how'd that meeting go? It's, it's just seeking feedback, seeking to check in. It lets them know, I see you. I mean, just that acknowledgement alone is helpful. Oh, you know what's going on in my life. I know you're a busy leader and here you are asking me that. And then, and then the question that flows after, you know, what went well, what's going well, or how did it go? How can we get better? Anything get better for next time, you know? Um, anything that, you know, we should, we should be aware of to, to improve um, on that one. So and the, more, and the more natural that question is, then it's not a scary question that's like, oh, you didn't like what I did. I mean, if I'm accustomed to you coming to me and say, hey, could, is there anything we can do next time to get better? I'm not wondering, did you, are you picking on me or is there something wrong? It's like every time, whether it was really good or a flop. If, the, if I know the same question's coming, it's like, you know what? Remember that Olympic model we've shared in the past in our podcast? Like, you could have the world record, but you want to shave another one hundredth of a second off the world record so you can even get better. How can you even get better? So if it's more of a mindset that no matter if it was great or I'm not sure, I know I'm going to think about how do I even get better. Yeah, you've, I mean, this is actually something that I've, I've valued so much in our own friendship running together. You have this Olympic model in your mind. And it's so helpful. This, you know, I want to get even better. Even if I'm great, I want to get even better. But when you started introducing this, you know, I'll speak for specifically, specifically about myself. I remember thinking, so we're, we're kind of uh, after action review and we're having a conversation. And it was a little uncomfortable at first. And it wasn't like, I didn't feel defensive, but it was, uh, we, we, we had some, we, we did a robust analysis of how the work just went, how the mission just went together. And you would have these great insights, but I saw how free you were in it. And then we did this probably, you know, I mean, we work together all the time. We're constantly on mission, yeah, but yeah. probably three or four months, I finally was just like, oh, I love this. I looked forward because to it. Because it's more natural. Because then, you, right? yeah, and you, and it's you, more habitual. And you kept holding up the image. And so for a leader right now, hearing this, you have to tell your people what you're doing. Yeah. And explain, hey guys, I want to get really, I want to get really good at performing well, or I want to get, I want to have excellence, or I want our culture to be one where we can just constantly get better and tinker with everything. So I want you all to know now I'm going to start trying to do this new thing where I ask what went well, and we really get after what went well, what worked, where did God really move, or what's encouraging about the work we're doing together. And then we're going to ask this question, how do we get even better? But you tell them that, and then you go and do it, now everybody knows what you're doing. Yeah. And you're building that habit. So in three, four months, everyone's going to start embracing this. So now I do this with my wife. I do this with my friends. Like I love to ask the question, what went well? How do we get better? And it's less about the score. Exactly. It's less about the rating. It's about movement to get better. Only get better. Glorify even more. Yeah. And it's celebrating it's free. movement. If you're, if you're moving, if you're growing, you're energized. Yeah. Right? If, you, if, yeah. if, if, you, if you're climbing up, you're dying. Yeah. You're not going anywhere. Okay. So with all that context, right, all that <laughs> preview, here's some specific recommendations if it works for you. So what we recommend one is that even though you have a culture of feedback, let's say you're doing it very well, your spot feedback, but we still recommend you have a scheduled performance discussion. Call it what you want. Call it what you want. It's if you're my boss, Nick, and I, I know that I'm going to come and we're going to set an hour and we recommend it at least twice a year, even quarterly. And I know that that quarter that we're going to have this sit down, it's focused on me. And you're going to do your homework, and I'm going to do my homework. It's not once a year. It's, it's on the calendar. It's solid. And maybe it's an hour, and it could even be two hours. Mm -hmm. It could be over lunch. Okay? And it's in addition to our regular one-on-ones. We recommend you always have one-on-ones. You might have one-on-ones every, every two weeks, at least every month. 
But if we have a one-on-one, you're my boss, we have at least a one-on-one, this is a special meeting. Mm-hmm. And this is to say, all right, let's talk about it. And it starts, I'm the employee and I take the ownership first of reviewing my quarter, reviewing my half a year, whatever the frequency was, and I'm going to pray on it. And I know you're going to go pray on it. And we're going to do our homework. But it's up to me. I pray and I say, Lord, let me see with your eyes how did it go for me. And that's that. What, what am I doing exceptionally, exceptionally well? What are the highlights, Lord? What have you seen? It's my work assignments. It's my behaviors. Am I living the mission values? Is it my spiritual life? Is it my vocation at home? Am I living an integrated life? And then I ask myself, okay, those are the highlights. Now, what can I do even better? You know? Um, And then I'm bringing that into this meeting. I've done my homework. I've prayed. I've listened. I've reflected. I've come into that meeting. Yeah, even prepping's recognition. You know, it says you care. So we want the the employee to do the prep work. We want them to think about, pray about. You know, so so, actually, so let's, let's just pause for a second. The supervisor, if you're listening to this, you need to have a template. You need to have. What are we going to talk about? What are the What are the two questions we're asking? So give the employee the template. Have the meeting on the calendar. Tell them, hey, this is how we're going to approach this process. I want you to take this to prayer. Think about and reflect on since last time. You know, these, these things. And it's fill two it questions, out. right? Two I questions. Mean, this is as simple as it can two be. Two questions. And, and, then the, and then you do the same thing, supervisor, because prepping is recognition. It says, I care about you. I want to help you. So I took the time myself to pray about this, to think about this. I'm not just reacting to what you're bringing to the meeting. I'm, I, I've put my own thought and attention to detail to this because I care about you, your well-being, your growth. Yeah. And I care about the mission. The mission demands excellence. And so this is how we're going to get excellence, by doing this really well. If I come to that meeting then and I see that you've done your homework, you've prayed on it, and you say it. Hey, I've prayed on it. I've I've reflected on what you've done well, question one. And how could you even get better, question two. And and then we come into that meeting and then we pray and say, Lord, be with us in this. Is that different than what you're doing today out there? I would suspect for some of you it's quite different. (laughs) Probably more than a few of us. So we want to look first for alignment. Right, so in this meeting, you're, you're discussing the performance. You're discussing like what what's being brought forward, what you're bringing forward, and you want to look for alignment. Where are we aligned? Where are we seeing the same positives, the same encouraging things? Um, and, and what a gift when, as a supervisor, you see uh, something to really encourage—a gift, a talent, a skill, something you admire that they didn't notice, because that's just that's just tremendous. Um, it's just really loving someone. To be able to say, point out a blind spot in the right set in, a, in the most beautiful yeah. way. Like you didn't yeah. realize how good you've been doing in this thing. Yeah. Um, and then once you have alignment, you want to build on it first with the positive, right? It wasn't just good, Rick. That 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 meeting you led that was fantastic. Yeah, that's a good point because I could come in and say I think I did pretty well on this, and then to hear you follow up and say, no, no, hang on, you're selling yourself short on that one. That was outstanding. Here's why. Yeah. Right now I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. I didn't think it was that good, yeah. but I'll take it, you know? <laughs> Talking about building confidence, right? Yeah, yeah. And then on the flip side, you know, then it's like, okay, I, I'm now, here's what I think I could have been better. And more times than not, the person knows. You know, we, we put often the pressure as a supervisor. I need to tell the person they're not so good in this area and they need to get better. They know it. They know it. Sometimes they might be afraid to share it, but most times they don't. And I think that that's, now, so again, most of the time there's alignment on that. If we both reflect, come back. But now every now and then there might be something that wasn't mentioned and it could be an issue. And again, we, we, we lean and it, for default first to appreciative inquiry. 
So if I have an, a concern, you didn't bring it up, I might say something like, hey, how about that one project? Tell me, tell me your thoughts on how well did that one go? So I already have some concern, but I'm not going to say, hey, on that one, you didn't do very well, and I just want you to note that in your notes. You know, that, that, that's not the way to do it. It's like, let's hear it. And then, then the person, again, normally is going to say, yeah, I, I could do better on that one. That's a, that's a good one. I need to get better. Or if not, at least you bring it up. But again, the pre- appreciative inquiry is the one that, hey, tell me about this one. I'd really like to see, hear your views on how that one went. Yeah, give them the chance to respond first. Yeah, and then and and let them lead the conversation in that way, and then remember too, as we go through these performance reviews, neither of us on either side of the table, if you will, see it perfectly. Uh, we we see things as we are, not as they actually are, and so it's this this prayer throughout the meeting. Lord, help us to see with your eyes each other, the mission, the work, um, so that we can uh, have the, have the best chance possible to be of one heart and one mind. Uh, coming out of that meeting. Amen. And in those two questions, and maybe we're saying it too many times, we want to make it real clear. When we ask what's going well and how do we even get better, that does include the tasks, the functions, you know, kind of that work that mm-hmm. needs to get done. It does include the core values or mission values, whatever your terminology is. It's how we're expected to behave. It's how we've committed to behave. And it does include what we call the integrated life. It's how are you doing as a father, as a parent, as a mother, as a spouse, as a community member? How's your spiritual life? All of that is part of what's going well and how can you even get better? Now, the big one that people might shudder at, which we recommend you consider, is no ratings. There's no score. There's no letter. There's no number. It's all about the feedback. It's all about celebrating successes and even getting better. Certainly, you'll have notes, but too often, the the perceived value of having a rating, and I mentioned rating inflation happens everywhere. As a matter of fact, I don't know if this is true, but I heard from a military friend of mine. He said, you know, in the military, they have like five different performance rating forms. And every so often, every few years, they just take the one that's on the bottom of the stack and put it on top and use that one because people just stop reading the words after a while. You know, it's just like, oh, you just rate what they did last time. God forbid if you have to go less in the rating. So you just inflate. So you get the new review. Then you read the words again for a while, and then the ratings get inflated. It's a great story. So I don't know if it's true, but I I, I take it anyway. But those actual ratings, we just say it's all about feedback. It's about celebrating, more positive than negative. It's highlighting where you're going to be different. And the only time that you need to then start maybe documenting is if you have a recurring problem. And that's the big thing. When it's going poorly, when there is a problem, what do we do? You know, especially if we're going away from this whole, like, don't sue me HR policy. And so this would be, you know, hey, this is the second or third time you're having to talk about something. It's a serious issue. Um, and it's not changing. So when that happens, Rick, I mean, what, I mean, you, you did HR for years. What, how would you handle that? If, yeah, this is where you, you move away from appreciative inquiry and you just get more direct. Now we're getting more into direct statements. You say, hey, Nick, we've talked about this multiple times. I'm not seeing the progress. So I need to be real clear. If this doesn't change, then we're going to have to make a shift. Maybe this isn't the place for you to work. 
Um, but we, we need a very specific plan. And now we're going to document, we're going to document this plan. I'm putting you, I'm letting you know now that we formally have to have this. This is a performance enhancement plan or whatever the terminology is, but it, there's no doubt and it's documented. And I'm going to ask you to sign this one because this is where we are at this point. I love you, Nick. I want you to succeed. Maybe this isn't just mm. the mission for you. Maybe this isn't your calling. Uh, so let's work on this together. I'm going to help you all that I can. And I just want you to be real clear. And then let Nick let you talk. Are you with me? You see where they are. The person often will self-select and say, it's not going to change. I know this. Might not be right there, but at some point they just start looking for another job, which is not bad. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's good for them. It's good for the organization. If it's a recurring issue, now you get into that documentation. Now you might include human resources and kind of make it a bigger deal. But that is in such a rare percentage of the times. We can't have the system be so worried about that one situation that the vast majority of the goodness gets ignored. Yeah. Yeah. We have to stop building our entire process around this one thing we're really afraid of. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. This topic of hours and you're passionate about this, Rick, the, the changing world of work. But there, there's, there's so often people will say, oh, I'm working so many hours. Or how many hours are they putting in? Or are they, you know, whatever it might be, it's hours, hours, hours. And it, it's, a, it's a tired and, and um, kind of a worn out way to manage performance, to think yeah. about how, how much value someone brings to the organization. So talk, talk about hours. And <laughs> it, was, it was a healthy conversation. <laughs> it was great. I mean, you, you could tell I had passion. We had passion for it. And, and even some of the people in the discussion were like, yeah, I'm glad I heard that. You know, <laughs> so, our brother in the back. He's yeah, bumping yeah, his arms. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, our, our advice is avoid the topic. I'm not saying ignore the topic. I'm saying don't focus on hours. And your brain can't avoid it, don't. So I should say focus on other things. <laughs> um, hours are one of the least effective ways of assessing performance and thinking about high performance. Hours are not a result, but they're often treated as a result. It's like, I'm putting in a lot of hours, right? So that means I'm really working hard and I'm really good. They have no correlation to top performance. They have a correlation to electricity because, yeah, the lights are on, right? So the more time you put in the office, the lights are on more. That's the correlation. It has nothing to do with performance. So now if you suspect somebody is struggling, someone's inefficient, somebody is laboring in, in his or her duties, um, they're ignoring their family. Maybe they're yeah. physically unhealthy. Um, and, and, and maybe some of it is due to putting too much time and energy into the office and not on other priorities. That, that's, that's fine. That, that could open the door. That could be a, a clue. The to indicator. Maybe some, yeah. The indicator. So you go in and you ask a question. How's it going for you? How's it going with your family? How's it going with your spiritual life? You know, it, you're asking about how it's going. You're not saying, hey, I noticed you put in a lot of hours. Because then that would suggest the remedy is less hours. It might be. I don't know. But there's too often that's the focus. Or it's like, hey, I'm working so hard. i got to do less work. Maybe not. Maybe you put it on something you're better at, more efficient at, something that gives you energy. So hours tends to be too much of the focus. Focus on the results you're trying to achieve and talk about the obstacles of not getting those results. Yeah, you know, you, yeah okay, go ahead. No, you, you, you talked about as well this whole notion that there are some people who can just get certain things done very quickly. Yeah. And for someone else, it just takes them longer. Yeah. And that's, we're not saying it's good or bad. You know, someone's blessed if they can get something done really fast, it takes someone else a long time. But at the end of the day, we can't judge those kinds of things, that kind of performance based on hours. Right. And so it's this whole notion of not seeing value based on time put in. It can be an indicator. It can be. doesn't mean it is. But to just drop it entirely. Say, we're going to focus on everything else. Hours only comes up 
Um, and yeah, if you and have to paycheck and you have to punch <laughs> in on hours, that's go, it. I mean, if your go. pay system says you get paid by the hour, yeah. that's fine. But let's not assume that that shows value, that that shows you're doing the Lord's mission, you know, that that is the solution or the problem. There's all other, our, our friend Tristan, I'm going to give him full credit on this. He said, think of an artist. Think of a, like my brother, artistic mm. beyond belief, natural. And draw something in three minutes that it would take me, I would never be able to do it. But, yeah. it, but and then artists that'll sell these things for here's a thousand bucks. Oh, wait a minute, it only took them two hours to do that. I've been working on my painting for 58 <laughs> years. So then mine should be 58 times that, right? That's not how it works. Yeah. It's like it's the art that matters. Right. Not how long it took right. to make no, it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the value add of the work, the type of work, and you know the, the, the hours conversation. We just want to blow it up in your there world, you wherever you are, and, and help you think differently about it. Just drop the conversation entirely if you can, and only bring it up as strictly indicators of something. Someone's not pulling their weight. They're never there. Well, that's a conversation. It might be, but or, don't ask them about their hours. Exactly. Or someone's there all the time and they're not healthy. You know, maybe, but that's that's the only extent of time measure we need to be having. So, okay. So George Costanza on Seinfeld. You're probably too young for all those. Oh, that Seinfeld. Come okay, on, man. George working for the Yankees. He, his car was broken down, so Steinbrenner thought that he was doing a lot of work, and so he was going to get promoted until until bird poop started showing up all over his, his car because it just was broken down and sit there. All right, we can get distracted on indicators of success. Right? Oh, it's funny. Yeah, so, so if you want to, if you want to get promoted, park your car outside yeah, all the time. Leave it there. All, all right. Here. Leave your light on in your office too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so la- last very small thing here is when you think about trying to manage for performance, it starts with your hiring process, your onboarding process, the kind of people you're hiring. Are you hiring for culture fit and character and capability? Are you hiring for capacity to be on mission with you for that specific role? Are they equipped? Because if you're not doing that, this is going to be where all your stuff shows up because you're not on the front end doing a great job with hiring uh, capable people for the work that you're, that, for, the, for the role. And so we will, again, we say this a lot often enough, there's a whole podcast here, episode on hiring for performance, yeah. Yeah. but this is, this on the front end is just important to know. You will save yourself a lot of pain, a lot of headache if you'll put the, the, the work in the beginning to hire really well. And then even if you have a mishire, if you view this process mm-hmm. as continually developing, yeah. you may overcome you know, some issues that you could have uh, maybe caught in the hiring process. And likewise, you could hire somebody who then goes through a phase in his or her life that then has them distracted and off and, or they don't like what they're doing and they lose their energy. And so, you know, it's this whole Mary Martha thing that no matter what, that if, you know, there's a lot of tasks to be done and we all get busy but the better part of leadership, the, the part that Mary did, she didn't say, Martha, you're not doing anything that's of any value. Mm. She still, the, the Lord said, but Mary's chosen the better part. The other part of it is investing the time in the person to focus on the Lord's will. And yes, there are things you have to knock out. There's tasks you have to do, but it's never just the tasks. And so as a leader, this better part of developing people, and you view this performance management mm. process as this is my way of serving. I'm getting the best out of this person to do the mission that the Lord has put that person on and, the, and, and that he's blessed me with leading this person 
in achieving that. So even if you have a misstep in hiring to a certain degree, this process can help develop. Or if Amen. someone falls off along the route, this is just constantly helping them become even better all the time. Amen. I love it. Well, brother, are we ready for the mission challenge Let's this do week? it. Let's do it. All right, mission challenge. I'm going to ask, we're going to ask each of you to look at your current approach to cultivating high performance. First of all, do you have one? Do you even have an approach to cultivating high performance? If not, get on it. Get on a performance culture to glorify the Lord. It could be as simple as constant feedback. You can high-five someone in the hallway because, hey, great meeting, great job, that kind of thing, a culture of feedback. We recommend you have, whether you call them performance reviews or performance discussions or how's it going chats, whatever you call them, no ratings. Consider no ratings. Consider at least twice a year, if not quarterly. Um, So shift to this multiple times per year model. You both do the homework, the supervisor, the subordinate. You base it on prayer. You reflect. You each do your part of it. And you at least have an hour. Maybe it's more, but at least an hour. And you only, you just have that, the, 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 the overall questions. What's going well? How can it even get better? And it's the fully integrated you. It's what you do. It's how you do it. It's how you live. And with that, Nick, can you close us in prayer? Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless every leader listening to this right now. Father, flood them in Jesus' name, with your Holy Spirit, to give them courage and wisdom to help them lead well. Holy Spirit, we ask you to inspire every leader in their mind and heart right now. Just with the conviction that this this is a great opportunity to lead mission, to lead God's people, to love people and serve them well. To give them the, uh, the wisdom and to help them create the space and time to do the hard work of creating a great honoring and authentically human performance review process so that the mission of the church, the mission of their parishes, their schools, their families can just really fly even more. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, Nick, here we are in the fancy digs of the Acts 29 office. Normally, we're remote when we do these things. It's great being here with you. <laughs> awesome today. And so uh, I'm, I'm a little excited about that. So here we are. We're like big shots today. <laughs> So with that, with that, that's it for episode 15. Go and get even better. <laughs>